0: Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30 somethings on life, my kid, is an asthma. Love. Did I tell you about the acrylic me twice in a week? And the never ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony,
1: but most people just call me Turd. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. So I was listening back to last week's episode, and I felt like we got a real slow start. Lazy start, really. Really? You think so? I do. I feel like we didn't hit our stride till the last half of the episode where we really started getting into it. But millennials lazy? Really? I know it's not it's not a normal set of words that you would associate with one another. Or is it? Dun dun dun. Welcome to this week's episode of Talk 30 to me where we'll be talking about millennials, millennials and laziness. Fuck millennials.
0: So Millennials kind of get painted in a bad light with a lot of things. But laziness, I think, is one thing that they definitely, definitely get painted as.
1: Yeah, I, I see that. And I, I, part of me wants to be able to relate to it. But then part of me is like, are you fucking kidding me?
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we know how hard we work and we know our work ethic translates to a lot of personal milestone accomplishments and success, right? So yes. it's kind of hard to say Oh, well, you know, straight up, I'm lazy. Right. So is, is it hard because you have to call yourself lazy? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's twofold. One, because growing up being,
1: you know, the lazy Mexican. Here and we two, go. Two, being a lazy millennial now. So now I'm like twofold lazy. I'm extra lazy. I feel like maybe I, maybe the reason why I work so much is I'm like, overcompensating. So
0: would it be lazy times two or lazy to the second power? Or maybe oh. they cancel each other out and I'm just status quo millennial. I don't know It works like that. But okay, we'll work on that and develop that idea further. Not. So we technically don't have to address this. So maybe we shouldn't. I don't know if I really want to right now. Are you serious me? Stop being so fucking lazy. Right? (laughs) A lot of times millennials catch flack on the fact that they lack initiative, right? Yeah. They don't take the initiative. And growing up, that was something I always struggled with identifying where the initiative had to be. Like, was it misplaced or did we not have the ability to take the initiative? I, I, don't, really, I don't really know. It's, it's funny you say that. Before you went on that rant, my immediate thought was I, I think that with
1: older generations— the initiative looks different. And the easiest example I have is, is remember that old meme going up where the guy said, back in my day, I applied to 40 jobs and I just walked in there and uh, dropped the ask for an application or whatever the case is. Right, And that's not how things work now. No, Everything is digital. Everything is different from what it was for previous generations. And because we're not doing things the same way as previous generations,
0: it comes off as lazy because we're not doing things that they saw for themselves. Okay. So- I remember growing up, applying for jobs. I would go into the store, pick up an application, and read on the application that I would have to apply online. What? Really? Yeah. That's funny. I remember I applied for a job with Lids. It was a
1: one-page application, and the question that pissed me off was, why do you want to work at Lids? Like, I need money, motherfucker. And I like hats. Like, <laughs> That's it? That's it. like hats and I need money. Mm. I think I actually got fired from that job. Did you actually
0: work at Lids? I did at Tyler Mall. Oh, okay. It's unfortunate, but I'm talking about like high school. Like, I applied to a bunch of places, even Best Buy back in the day, right? I applied at Target, and it was after baseball practice one day, and I was I was
1: like all sweat stained in my in my practice clothes. I applied online downstairs, Mm -hmm. and 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 I click submit, and on the screen it says, uh, "Please wait," and then the phone next to the computer rang hi, are you available for an interview right now? Can you come upstairs? And so I went in with my cutoff shirt, wearing a baseball hat. Yeah. Oh, no.
0: So you got the job, right? I got the job. Nice. You know, kind of charismatic. (laughs) I don't know where to take this. (laughs) So, like we were saying, the initiative takes different forms. And while it might not be evident or obvious, it's often perceived that we lack initiative. So going back to that, Whole thing where, okay, I was applying to, let's say, I think it was Best Buy back in high school. This was high school, mind you. So it was like 2003, 2004, maybe even before that. Well, yeah, I, actually, 2003, 2004. So applying to Best Buy online, and they have you take this personality survey, right, mm-hmm. to kind of fit you in, see if you fit the company culture. What job applications were then, versus now, and what they still are, really, is you're fighting against a global applicant pool. I don't think that that was perceived as it really was. I actually never thought of that until this very moment. Think about it. When I was applying to Best Buy, I was competing against every motherfucker in the greater San Francisco area, which was previously a non-issue because half those motherfuckers couldn't drive to Best Buy and drop off an application. But now, all of a sudden, they can When I'm competing for jobs when I quit my job, I was competing on a global job market. People will come from all over the country to work jobs just because jobs were so scarce at one point in time. So people would relocate. And companies wouldn't even have relocation packages anymore. Yeah. They would relocate. So how is that necessarily lacking initiative? We were trying and failing. A lot of us were, especially in the economic downturn. Right. And especially me, when I was applying to a bunch of jobs after I quit my job and, and couldn't find something, right? yeah, it was hard. it was very discouraging, and a lot of that w- weighed on me, right? But how much of that
1: was you know the perception is reality thing, right? If you're not working, then you must be lazy. Right, we're going back to that. I'm not going back to it, just just in that in that moment, like if you were applying to jobs,
0: you didn't have a job, and for you, it was different because you quit your job, right? Mm-hmm. you willingly gave it up, yeah. I made a conscious choice to say, fuck this yeah, and move, move on. And then you were doing nothing, which I could see as being quote unquote lazy. No, but yeah. Okay. The perception, you're dead on as far as perception goes. I was doing a lot of stuff though. A lot of research around how to build the perfect resume, working on a 10 year plan for where I saw myself in 10 years, right? And how I was going to get there. And it was very detailed, itemized. It might not have been a tangible plan, but it was a conscious decision to understand what I needed to do in order to get where I wanted to get in 10 years. And I was working on my Lean Six Sigma Black Belt certification, which I ended up getting and completely fulfilling. And that springboarded me into the next phase of my career, essentially where I'm at now. Right. getting into food service or the food and beverage industry? The food and beverage industry, which is my dream, right, which was my goal all along. That's that was my focus. So you could perceive that as lazy at the time. Quit my job, deadbeat, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Because I was hustling, just in a completely different way. And this goes back to performance, right? The whole time where we were talking about performance and the perception is is the reality in terms of doing less and achieving more. Right. Which is was at one point in time thought to be impossible. Where as now it's completely possible and is the reality right working smarter not harder right for a lot of people okay not everybody is working smarter not harder and here we are we have parallels on a lot of levels with a lot of these characteristics of millennials so then then i mean the question becomes like what is laziness and why do we keep getting associated with that in my opinion laziness would be like a lack of follow through on a lot of things and from my dealings with a lot of millennials and and a lot of my friends, I mean, you know, that's, it's our dealings with millennials. It's friends. A lot of my friends lack follow through. They get discouraged very easily. I, I deal with a lot of millennials with my student population.
1: And this is something that's kind of, it walks the line of where they see authority and respect hierarchy and just taking the time to do something little as be, I don't know if courteous is the right word, but in an email when they address you. Formal? No. Th- it was Professional? Elite. Yeah, in a professional manner. And, th- and they lack the professionalism. And I can see how that might be considered lazy because they could have just simply said, hi, Mr. Zuniga, comma, and then wrote the letter.
0: Instead, they just write me a three sentences. Are you free to meet today? And it's like, well, who are you? Yeah. I don't think it just goes with them. It goes with a lot of other people too. I mean, I get emails from higher ups in the company. and It's like, really, that's pretty lazy. It's a pretty lazy email, but it goes without saying, people and email etiquette just—they'll never figure each other out. I think that's one of the great fucking unknowns of society.
1: Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is is like, at what what degree or what are we constituting or what are we
0: qualifying as as lazy? I'm, I'm hinging it on the, the follow through really just the lack of following up, the lack of being able to actually engage. Um, I think that's a big one. Okay. Going with what you said about your friends and their follow through, do
1: you think it's a a matter of discouragement or is it that they're lazy to put
0: in the time? I guess we can address that from two. Here we go. I'm I'm taking the Randy approach from two perspectives. Okay. The first one, and you hit it right on the head, the drive. The motivation might not be there. And that might be because of a lack of confidence, which is ironic, right? We spoke about this last week where the lack of confidence really hinges on the fact that we might have too much confidence, right? When we have too much confidence and we fail at something, it might actually work to prohibit us. From getting back up. Right. Mm -hmm. So that might lead to a depression, And that might lead to a lot of other life choices that we might not necessarily be wise to make. Hmm. Interesting.
1: I have a friend that was like that, that her entire life she just wanted to go to law school and then she got there and realized this wasn't for her. So she left and and her entire identity was wrapped up in this idea of I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to be a lawyer. And then when she was in law school and realized like what it all entailed and what the life was like and realizing this was just not for her, she went through a a dark period where she was just like, I don't know who I am anymore and I don't know what I want. And it it was hard for her to come out of that. And then, I mean, now she's obviously bounced back and doing great in a new career, but that experience was significant
0: in her life and how it affected her professional and personal life. I bet. And that is actually perfect because the next point I wanted to make was sometimes we get down on ourselves because we set such lofty expectations. And and oftentimes they're, they're unreal. Maybe they're unattainable. Maybe they're outside of our ability to achieve that. Which, let me throw this caveat in there and say, we are able to achieve anything and everything that we want to achieve as a people, as a society, and as part of this human race. However, let's face it. Let's be real for a second and not be so fucking PC about shit. Some people are not cut out to be certain things, do certain things, learn certain things, or achieve certain things. We all have our role to play in this world. Whether or not you want to believe that, we all fit into a kind of fulfill a role. We all fulfill a purpose in this world. So with that being said, sometimes we do set unrealistic expectations for ourselves. Expectations that might not necessarily set us up for the best situation in the long run oh I have a question and I'm
1: just looking for a little more clarity on on the laziness factor do you think that might be for some people you know they they have that confidence and when they have that moment of failure it, it, it can be you know earth shattering so to speak but for the people that have that confidence and they go through failures and they seem like unfazed like they you know quote unquote too lazy to care do you think that might be a factor of like oh well he doesn't care either way and it's just like maybe he's just so unrelentless of what he wants Mm, yeah it could be that he just he's just kind of plowing along and it looks like
0: he's on autopilot yeah it could yeah i mean that yeah that's hard to say and i mean i'm like that you know i'm very relentless sometimes you know what i was talking to my sister about this a while ago or not too long ago actually and and the whole thing that we struggle with is getting down on ourselves because we don't accomplish what we set out to accomplish as fast as we want to accomplish it, right? Mm-hmm. Speed has a lot to do with things, right? Yeah. That impatience yeah. factors into it so heavily. I mean, that's a weight that's it, it, not accounted for when we talk about this whole thing. And that also can set us up for failure, right? Yeah. And that can also get us down into that funk. But it's that unrelentless approach that I maintain. I know that I maintain it. But oftentimes, even if you maintain it, it takes a lot of fucking energy too. So going back to your question about being unfazed at the pursuit of whatever we're trying to fulfill and being perceived as lazy, I, God, I have to say, yeah, that is very, that very well could be a possibility, but I don't think I've ever been perceived as that because I'm so, I guess, um, I'm so extroverted with my endeavors that I, I, I tend to publicize to certain people to kind of gauge, how I'm doing and to kind of see, maybe it goes back to the whole validation thing to get validation, to make sure that I'm doing it right. So I don't really took those self-esteem classes. Yeah, maybe I should have (laughs) because I'm struggling right now. Okay. To formulate this thought properly for me, I don't think that's necessarily an issue because I tend to seek validation. And with that validation comes the reinforcement that I'm not lazy, that I'm trying, but I'm just failing. So maybe some people don't have that support structure, that support system to where they can reach out and ask and get that validation and feel good about themselves in the end. Maybe. I I don't know. It's just something I thought about because
1: a a lot of times millennials are pegged as this, uh, I think, stoic, like their faces in the screen. They don't really show much emotion to the outside world, but they're incredibly expressive on social media. And so when they're going through life, it could be perceived that they don't care. When in reality that, you know, they're eating They care only. too much. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. But you, you mentioned something that, um, about investment. Yeah. Going back to what you said about investment of time. Last week I was talking to CK about identity and I, I said something that she had pointed out. I, I just said it in like off the cuff and, and she said that was a really interesting perspective that my identity is very adaptable. It's, you know, if I'm working on photos and I'm a photographer right now, if I'm, producing it, writing a song or editing, you know, music, whatever the case is, then I'm an editor, I'm a producer, whatever the case is. I, I can wear many hats and I can jump into different worlds, but I've never been tied to like, oh, I can't do that. I'm just this. So my identity's never been tied into one thing. And I wonder if the fact that I haven't committed the time to just one thing or the mastery of one thing that my
0: success hasn't manifested itself yet in the manner that i want yeah or in the manner that society might dictate based off of what the expectation i think
1: there's there's influence from society but i mean i have all my hopes and dreams and the only thing that's standing between me and that is all the work right but what if i'm doing the wrong work or not working the right way so i just kind of get into that whole idea like maybe maybe i fall victim to this whole not investing enough
0: time to you know be great so to speak yeah, no, like being, uh, when you, it's funny when you were saying that, I, I thought of a chameleon, you know, like changing color to match I t- I take it as a, I take it as a positive in the way I perceive things. I, in, in, I would too. I mean, jack of all trades, being really good at different things is multifaceted. You're able to adapt e- easily and approach things with an open mind instead of shutting down and saying, no, I can't do this. Yeah. But how is that perceived? Well, you're good at a lot of things, but you're not good at a singular focus. Yeah. Can you ever do A, B, C, X, Y, or Z?
1: Yeah. You know, and it's funny because the reason why I do it is I think it's rooted in a bit of insecurity because I want to learn how to do it and be proficient enough
0: to know if someone else is ripping me off. So not necessarily being lazy, but insecure. Possibly. I think that might be my root of it. Or mistrusting those around you. Or that. Yeah, it seems I'm just like you're trying to get hustled, you know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like you have thought that out quite a bit. I, I feel the same way. I mean, when it comes to technology, when it comes to a, a lot of things, I got into photography, um, a lot of uh, athletics, a lot of you know, a lot of auxiliary, and uh, we spoke about this last week, right? Mm-hmm. Excess, too much of everything yeah, can be a bad thing. Right. It can really be a bad thing because we're overwhelming ourselves, right? We're not giving ourselves the opportunity to thrive in a singular fashion. What that might do is that might discourage us, which might lead eventually to us just not wanting to do anything, which could be perceived as laziness, but no one knows what it took to get us to that point. Mm. We could have been the hardest working motherfuckers out there, but we're being judged at that one point in time. Yes. Yes. Hard
1: workers. I, I isolate or I focus in on that one line that you said, because I feel like there's a lot of people that think millennials want it easy. And from a consumer perspective, there's nothing wrong with convenience. And we talked about this last week, right? Mm-hmm. Where millennials streamline things, or we have a very evolved way of approaching our, our daily tasks, our work, or how we find efficiency in getting things done. And that can come off as, as just wanting an easy way out or looking like we're not working hard enough or putting enough time in for what you think or someone else thinks should be the I don't want to say ten thousand hour books. I feel like it doesn't apply for this this example, but it doesn't qualify as as the
0: threshold of what you should be. Right, it's societal expectation. Right, we're not meeting that. Right. So that's funny that you mentioned that. What about organic food? What do you mean? We've talked about this offline before, and it's funny. The other day, I mentioned something completely off topic when we were talking about like you know working on show production, and I was like, "Isn't it funny how everything?" has come to be, like, if it's not organic, it's not good for you anymore, right? I, I thought that was, isn't isn't that the
1: standard? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't want uh, to get into this. that the standard?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, yeah, well, the perception is there, right? That like organic, organic is healthy donuts. for you. Organic donuts? Mm-hmm. I'm just <laughs> I'm sure there are. Well, is there organic? Anyway. You think we could get a sponsor from an organic donut? Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We've seen the rise of organic food, I think like a hundredfold mm-hmm. over what it used to be. I mean, oh, let me just parallel this thought. Last week we had a gathering at, at the house and we had a bunch of people over and I think um, one, of our, one of our friends remarked as to how they were doing the whole vegan thing for Lent, right? No meat, no dairy, no cheese, no nothing. I have friends doing vegan right now too. It's funny you say that. Weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool. I respect it for what it's worth but for Lent. I think you should do it in perpetuity if you really want to be serious about it. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I hope they don't listen because that kind of rude. Don't care. Okay. So when you think about it, a vegan 10 years ago, very fucking difficult. Vegan today, probably a lot easier. We're getting a vegan restaurant on campus. That's weird. It is. You're catering to a very... Small population, or so I think it would be a small population.
1: I would think it's a small population. I think it's a larger population in Los Angeles, but nationwide,
0: I think it's a very small population. Then it's a good thing USC is in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that made me think of one really funny uh, little vignette which was, man, vegans 10 years ago that are still vegan today are like, man, you vegans today are fucking pussies. You guys got it easy. We had to fucking forage for (laughs) our shit. You know, like, fuck you, vegans. Like, fuck you, entitled sons of bitches. You can go to the fucking store. Albertsons is vegan shit right now. Albertsons didn't even know how to fucking spell vegan in my day. So you bitch-ass motherfuckers got this shit easy. You guys call yourselves vegans? Fuck you. I'm a vegan. You're a bitch-ass motherfucking pussy. That's what I think. So that's what I thought Like in my head. I was like, man, that's some funny shit right there, dude. I was like, imagine like a fucking old school vegan punking one of those new school vegans. It's like the old ass hipsters versus the new hipsters. A baby boomer vegan versus a (laughs) millennial vegan. That was the one vignette that I had in my mind. It was total family guy. Like, you know, Um, the next thought I had in my mind was how fucking crazy is that? That we have the ability to choose. I could turn this on and turn this off. You know, it's like vegan today, not vegan tomorrow, vegan today, not vegan tomorrow, vegan today, not vegan in like a month from now. And a lot of the organic hustle and a lot of the, this has been made possible by the fact that stores and, and, and the retailers and the manufacturers of this stuff have been catering to our generation more and more and more. Yeah, it comes back to the convenience. And if we make our,
1: I don't want to say demands, known, and they have very accessible platforms to do that, corporations are going to pay attention because they want to get the millennial money.
0: Yeah, because we are the next generation of consumers. And I was reading this thing on uh, the Goldman Sachs website, and they really pegged us as one of the largest generations in history. And they, they... juxtaposed it in this sense because goldman sachs is a financial institution we are entering our prime spending years Mm. so why not get at that right but here's why i'm talking about organic food it takes a lot of fucking work to get to that level okay there are a lot of things out there that are organic in the same breath there are a shit ton of things out there that are not organic Mm mm-hmm So deciphering, and and, and in that very same breath, again, I'm going to make a third point in the same breath, even organic stuff can be separated into tiers of good for you and not good for you, because you can have something organic with like, as my wife says, you have to read the label, there's this thing called carrageenan. I've never heard of that. I think it's in celery, like naturally found in celery, but it's, I think, I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong. Those of you listening, let me know. I don't know if it's an emulsifier or it's just a homogenizer. I don't know what it is, but carrageenan is bad for you. Oh, bad, bad, bad. Okay. Some organic foods have it. Okay. Organic food doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for you. So you still have to read the label, you still have to identify. Is this good organic, or is this kind of like gonna kill me organic, but it's still organic, so it might be good for me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah,
1: well, I think it just goes into like you said, the tears, right? Because there's some food that's organic because it just didn't have the uh, I don't know if you call steroids or pesticides, or whatever the
0: case is, when it was harvested, and then other things are actually healthy food, like. I don't know. So that's the thing. You have to discern healthy from not healthy and organic from not organic and and organic good. So, I mean, organic is an umbrella term for healthy. And that's a common misconception. It really is. And that's the fucked up part about it. And it's confusing for a lot of people. And I feel like some people just opt out. They're like, fuck it. I'm just going to eat what I want to eat. Hey, hi, I'm Randy. So (laughs) that makes me think that those that don't buy organic are just lazy. That's my that's literally what I feel. Like if you're not buying organic, you're just not taking the time because I guess with kids for me it's different. I want them to eat the best they could possibly eat and my wife is 110% responsible for this. That's my mentality now. Two and a half years ago, three years ago, close to three years ago, it was not my mentality. We would eat whatever the fuck we wanted to eat. Just feeding your baby Cheetos. Do you even have any teeth? I didn't have a baby at that point, 3 years ago. So that's, that's the thing. And the other day, I went to Sprouts and we were doing a shop, or I was doing the shopping. Yes, I do the shopping now because I have the free time, <laughs> air quotes. And I remarked to my wife. I called her and I was like, hey, you know, should I get this? Uh, you know, it's not organic. Well, get it. Go ahead and get it. We just won't feed it to the kids. I was like, oh, wait, hold on. So we can eat whatever non-organic stuff out there and what they can't? Like, what the fuck? Like... You're you're saying that we're we don't matter and it's we have to keep them whatever anyway. It sounds like she's uh,
1: setting up her plan for after one of you guys, namely you, dies of eating all this (laughs) crappy food, and her kids are going to be strong and healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Kids going to be strong and healthy and
0: can take care of her in her old age. (laughs) (laughs) So that makes me feel like those that don't go after organic food. I mean, just they're not caring about themselves and they're lazy about their own health and their own their own their body is their temple, right? Mm-hmm. Why not care about it? I I just think
1: organic it's a racket and it's a marketing ploy. You I, do? Regardless, you just gotta read the labels. That's that millennial paranoia. Is it millennial paranoia? Cause I mean I grew up having <laughs> to read labels because of all my allergies.
0: So whether or not it was organic or not, I was like, well, if it has shit I'm allergic to it, I can't eat it. So I'll tell you one thing. It does take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It is kind of over the top with all the labels and this you got the non-GMO project, organic what, whatever, I don't know. You got like a million fucking things that they put on packages now. I wish I had a package right here. I could just read them off one by one. Yeah. It's the easy way to go about it just by reading the label, but it's also hard, right? Yeah. It's it's incredibly, it takes a, an incredible amount of commitment to be healthy. It's easy though now because you could just go on social media, follow a good amount of people that are all organic activists that push brands and people don't know this on the surface, sounds like they're in it for the whole greater good of the community. Right. But on the back end, how do you know that these people aren't taking money from these fucking organic brands to push their organic brands? Because I believe in the integrity of the millennial oh, generation. That's, bullshit. that's <laughs> bullshit. They're all over Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Oh, my God. But anyway, seems like you're uh, you're not feeling this organic conversation. Nah. <laughs>
1: I no, I'm So not.
0: fuck the millennials because Randy doesn't eat organic. Fuck you, Randy. Wow. That's so cold That's from the millennials, not from me.
1: That's, <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the hormones. I'm like, fuck pressure. the
0: hormones. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> but no, really. Fuck you. <laughs> so if you want to go ahead and tell Randy that he's a piece of shit, and he can go fuck himself for not eating organic. <laughs> you can find him
1: at. At I am Randy Z. And remember, I only respond to positivity.
0: Fuck your positivity. <laughs> you can find me at Turg says no. And as always, fuck, fuck millennials. millennials.
1: Thank you for subscribing to another episode of Talk30 to Me. We hope you enjoy it and continue to
0: share it with friends. Make sure you stop by our website at talk30tome.com. For more content and information about the podcast, rate us on iTunes. And if you really like what you hear, make sure you hit that donate button. really appreciate it. For Talk Theory to Me, I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Peace. peace. So that's the thing, you have to discern healthy from not healthy and organic from non-organic and organic. So the fact organic
1: that good. ornic is, ornic, <laughs> organic is like an umbrella form, a umbrella term for healthy. Organic is like. It's a misconception, I think. Organic is like an umbrella term for healthy. That's a misconception.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we fucked it up on both. I can cut and paste it. Yeah. want to do it again? Yeah. Okay. I got to watch myself with you now. Everything yeah. I say is fair game. I
1: mean, it's always been that way. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you got me, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah.